0: This is BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast wherein a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find at their local
1: library. For this episode of BiblioVile, Mick read Deprivers by Stephen Elliott Altman, and I read Seal Team 666 by Weston Oosh! Oosh! It's a bibliophile. <laughs> I'm your co-host, Susan Dickinson, and my other co-host is looking at me rather askance.
0: Because you could tell I had my lips in the wuh stance, right? They're in the three-point stance, ready for that ball to be hiked.
1: You just, you take so long to get there, Sometimes I just, sometimes I just like to slide right in.
0: Nice. <laughs> nice. Sometimes you just, you know, have to get the room tone. It's It's audio engineering stuff, Susan.
1: All right, but I beat you to the intro this time, so... So... I guess I win.
0: Vocal Fry. Anyway, welcome
1: anyway, to BiblioVile, the to terrible B- book exchange podcast. The terrible book exchange podcast. I'm your co-host, Susan Dickinson. I'm
0: Mick Dickinson. Um, Oh, God. That's so difficult. It's so weird. Can we just start over? Do you want to? Welcome to BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast. I'm Mick Dickinson, your co-host.
1: And I'm Susan Dickinson, your other co-host.
0: Yeah, so, okay, now we... We're on the right foot. It's like in a wedding when you have to walk on your correct foot.
1: Is it your right? I have no idea what you're talking about. When
0: you walk down the... I didn't have to walk down the aisle because I'm a ding-dang groom and I got to stand in front of everyone. No
1: one was looking at my feet. My dress was really long. It didn't matter how I walked down the aisle.
0: Well, that's not... Okay. Also,
1: we didn't really have an aisle.
0: We had a separation of chairs. We had Hmm. a staircase. Can that be my next week's book, A Separation of Chairs? (laughs)
1: Probably would be better than Deprivers by yeah. Stephen Elliott It almost
0: certainly would. Uh, but before we get to Deprivers, we've got to do the traditional podcast. We're just chatting, even though we've already talked about this sort of thing. Sorry, spoiler alert, part behind the kimono. Uh, today was my first day of first-time f- second semester finals, so my second set of finals.
1: You are almost done, like one day away from being done with your first year of teaching
0: two days away from being done on my first year of teaching i have a professional development day on tuesday to finish all the grading and to take literally all of my stuff off the walls
1: why i don't know you're gonna be there next year
0: yeah i think with the rate people are leaving my school it's
1: fair do you do they clean the walls
0: i can't imagine so because i don't think they get too dirty but then again high schoolers you never know right i one time had a friend jack you know him i do that worked as a dorm cleaner And he had to go in at, like, 4 in the morning, but it got done at, like, 2 in the afternoon every day. So I don't know why they had to go in so early, because it's like, why not just wait until 7 and work until 5? Anyway. Anyway. Uh, He got the pleasure of cleaning his own room, and he found out that his roommate had smeared his boogers all over the wall on the, like, on the spot where his loft was. They just found, like, a, a, a square meter of boogers.
1: Are they sure it was the roommate and not actually Jack?
0: Yes, because men sleep in different beds on different sides of the room.
1: Oh, I suppose that's fair. Well, I, I didn't know if you were just relying solely on Jack's testimony. Well, yes,
0: but the way he tells the story is that it was on the other side of the room, which seems pretty reliable.
1: Could have been lying to you. Hey,
0: one time he was so drunk I saw his balls because he did not put his underwear back on after taking his pants off, and I don't know how that worked out.
1: This is a really good uh, it's a really good intro. It's good stuff. Yeah, I like his it. first initial is D. So, anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um... Finishing up teaching. Finishing almost up done teaching. For the year. I have
0: been extraordinarily scattered brain today because it has been finals, and I've had like three different tests to hand out, and also I don't have to teach anymore, so I don't really have to be sharp. Like most teachers are getting there like five minutes before contract hours start. When usually you get there like forty to fifty minutes before contract hours start because contract hours are laughable when it comes to teaching. Uh, so that's kind of weird because I got there like ten minutes later than I usually do. I was the first one there for a while. And then I realized, why the hell am I here so early? I don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. So I guess they know better than me for once. Just kidding. They always know better than me.
1: You were a little scatterbrained. We went out to dinner tonight before recording. And Mick tried to order a beer and opened his mouth to presumably place his order. And there were some sounds and that turns came out. And came out. But none of the sounds were actual words. And the waitress just gave him this look like... I'm trying really hard to be nice, and I have no idea what you just said, and I don't know what to do about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> it was really weird.
0: I think I had one of those, like, minor strokes, uh, but just from, like, being scatterbrained, because I am very, very extraordinarily excited about something, and I want you all to enjoy it, so I'm going to leave it until later, uh, but it's pretty great, and I've been thinking about that all day.
1: But um, first, before no, we get to that... Yeah,
0: we need to talk about dinner some more. Because we saw two great big St. Bernards. Yeah. It was amazing. And then one puked on the sidewalk while we were eating. (laughs) Dogs are so great. The waitress is handing me the bill and she's like, oh! And I didn't know the dogs were coming because my back was to it. And so I turned around and there are two great... Like, I thought to myself, why is she shouting at me for taking this bill away from like, a man is paying? And then I was like, what are you doing? Turned around, there's two great big furry St. Bernard's. I'm like, oh, that's pretty great. And then one just straight barfs, barfs
1: everywhere.
0: Like she did not say oh to the barfing. She said it to the cute furry dogs and it's reaching out to pet one when it started barfing. <laughs> And then as, as slobbery as St. Bernard's already are, now it was even more slobbery. But the slobber was like opaque and gross. Okay, that's
1: so gross.
0: And I laughed and laughed. I had a person text me to uh, recently uh-huh. to tell me that they saw a dog... Uh, outside, like out in the yard doing the little butt walk when it needs to itch its butt. Yeah. And so they saw that happening and thought of me and texted me because I knew what I'd enjoy I'd it I bet so that much. made
1: you really happy. It made me
0: laugh a lot. <laughs> One of my happiest memories from high school is being on the bus. You know, like how you're trapped on the bus and so for hours? No, I'm just kidding. I was trapped on the bus and I was looking out the window and there was a dog that was backed up to a chain link fence and it was pooping. Through the chain link fence and the poop was landing on the other side of the fence.
1: I wonder if their owner trained it to do that so they didn't have to clean it up. Like, it's not in my yard. I hope so.
0: (laughs) I love it so much.
1: (sighs) Anyway, so I'm
0: done with finals. Or I'm almost done with finals now. And you are almost done with travel season.
1: I am after, I believe, 12 or 13 weeks. Um, They all started to blend together after a while. I only have one more set of presentations next week, and then I am done with travel until the fall. Nice, very exciting. I'm gonna get to
0: have dinner with you.
1: I know it's gonna be awesome. We're actually gonna get to like see each other. Yeah, this podcast that we're currently
0: recording that always kind of freaks me out when I remember that we're doing this at a certain time uh, is like the longest we talk to each other at a given week during travel season. It's kind of a bummer. Season's a bummer. Yeah.
1: It's a real big bummer. It's a
0: real big bummer. And then we get to talk about some of the worst parts of our week, which is reading these books, which is what this was for me, Uh, namely because I've had a pretty good week. But everything's bad when you have to read Deprivers.
1: Deprivers. So here's the thing. I originally suggested doing YA novels for this episode, but we couldn't find the YA section in the library. And so... Deprivers is essentially the next Best thing
0: yes it is I am Very proud of you for picking this I had to ask Multiple times and I Like we do not lie to each other And so I had to be like "Hmm, Squinty eyes Did you
1: actually go to the YA section to find this? I didn't I found it in the like adult Sci-fi section
0: well it makes Sense because the Real book has swear words in it and uh, Implied sex scenes Yeah but the overall quality is totally YA, and the overall subject matter is totally YA. Is it?
1: And it's a trilogy, too. Yeah,
0: it's like all the shittiness of YA with all the terribleness of Bad Book. Is it a trilogy? I assume I so. I thought it was. Because he's creator of The Touch.
1: That sounds like a trilogy. Do,
0: yeah, this whole thing has to do with touching people. Plus,
1: everything's a trilogy.
0: But I cannot find the other related books. It might just be like an EU type thing. An uh, extended maybe. universe. I don't know. Was it Long? It was extraordinarily long. It's 359 pages. Mm,
1: sorry. Not really. I'm not really that Yeah, I
0: didn't, I didn't believe you when he said it. <laughs> um, so the reason that this book, this podcast is going out late, I was supposed to go second. I just remembered.
1: That's fine. Keep going. Whatever.
0: Uh, the reason that this book is, or this podcast is coming out late is because I did not read this book when I was supposed to because I really hated it and it's really kind of bad. So instead I brought it to work where I could read it during homeroom and show the kids that I work with how bad the book is because even they uh, seem to hate uh, bad books because even teenagers, I hate to tell you guys out there, but even teenagers have like limits and tastes and stuff. So I was reading this at work and therefore taking notes at work and I forgot to bring them home uh, last night so we could not record on our usual night last night. Uh, so instead, we had to record tonight. Unfortunately, <clears throat> I uh, uh, see the, la- the last five minutes of this podcast uh, was very scatterbrained and forgot my notes again.
1: Yeah. Susan was really, really thrilled and pleased about that.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going to go off the dome, much like Eminem.
1: Okay. I don't know if so he does that. So, without your notes, tell me all about the deprivers.
0: So, the deprivers, like I said, YA quality, but grown up swear words and badness is this really weird, stupid, bad, not good book that follows this plot of suddenly in America uh, a new mutant-type thing develops, but it's treated like a disease, where there are certain people that carry the SDS syndrome, sensory deprivation syndrome.
1: Okay. Or SIDS. Wait, no. No, that's a different thing. That's
0: taken. Um Where, if they touch somebody, depending on what their specific flavor of SDS is, they deprive them of a certain sense.
2: Mm.
0: No, it's really bad and stupid that that would happen because that doesn't make for an interesting thing at all. You just touch them and then it happens
1: for like ever or just temporarily. Well,
0: that depends on the person because clock is variable, so you can anywhere from like 15 minutes to forever. You can be deprived of a certain sense. Senses include sight, so going blind;
2: mm-hmm. hearing,
0: so going deaf. Naturally, paralysis—you can't move because movement is a sense, I guess.
1: Okay. Uh,
0: pain, smell, taste,
1: balance,
0: balance, uh, coordination. Time. time is also a sense, but that does not is not oh. told. That would be a very interesting thing to read. A person with no be sense of time. Pretty interesting. Um, a sense of self. There is a psychologist character in here who gets deprived of the sense of self when she has sex with someone. Oh. Uh, And now she feels the emotions other people are feeling, and that makes her a better psychologist.
1: I don't think that's how that would work at all. I don't think that's how it works, no.
0: No. Uh, And I think it's heavily implied that one of the characters has a distance ability to deprive you of your sense of will. And oh so, we, so like, from
1: far away he can take away your like your without touching
0: but like in the room um yeah and so it's basically just like this guy is a charismatic guy why uh because he has a special power that allows him to hypnotize you i guess or whatever
1: but also like why does he get to do it without touching when everyone else is a touching thing because like, he's like the big baddie
0: the i don't know much. oh uh speaking of big baddie i don't know who it was or when or anything
1: you don't know? You don't know? Yeah. Who, no. Who's an, who's bad guy? I don't know. You read the whole book? Yeah. I don't know the ba- That's bad. That's
0: pretty bad because this book is – the plot is so overly complicated and the writing is so overly simplistic. It's yeah. the worst possible combination. Do you remember the very first – like? I think it ended up being like 95-ish pages – the very first long-term writing project I ever did was yes. my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And going back to read it, it's terrible. And it's not good at all. And it's kind of bad. But you can tell it's like baby steps. Like yeah. A guy is writing a, over a 16-page research paper for the first time in his life. Or whatever longest thing I had to write in high school. And it's creative. And you know what? It's bad. And it's no good. But he, he tried. This feels like that a little bit it kind of reads like that it is so i just already said it overly simplistic where i tried skimming to make this book go faster i'm sorry i'm guilty but i couldn't do it because i skipped eight like eight to ten pages or so and somebody was having sex with somebody i hadn't met yet Uh where like all of the scenes are super short
2: and Uh.
0: nothing's really happening like everything happens but nothing really happens it's i don't know how else to describe it it's super weird
1: is it one of those situations where they try to cram a lot of action in there but it doesn't seem like all of the action is really furthering a plot like they haven't figured out where the, the difference between action and plot
0: yeah that's a good way to put it and it's it's like they were going after that descriptor of like it's a runaway train that you're just barreled down on
1: yeah but that has to mean the plot moves fast not just that a lot of stuff happens a
0: lot of stuff happens and almost none of it matters yeah so the book opens with robert luxley in first person okay it's your
1: favorite
0: luxley is it's not it's not present tense oh at least there's not that yeah um and he's a depriver assassin and he's never met any, any other people uh the book opens with him killing someone Okay. And he touches them. He breaks into their apartment and touches them. And he is a 15-minute paralysis depriver. Okay. And so the guy goes paralyzed, I guess.
1: Paralyzed?
0: Paralyzed. And uh, then he injects a syringe full of air into their neck and the air bubble travels up to their brain and they die. And the entire thing is written in like villain monologue. Like, no, 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 not on purpose. Just like that's how all of the narration and the the dialogue reads and it's absolutely terrible to have to deal with over and over and over again and we don't know who anybody in this book is yet and he's naming mr prescott and you're mr osborne and i'm mr luxley or whatever and it's really terrible I unzipped the case and brought out the syringe. Ironic that the that air is one of the key ingredients of life, yet a single bubble of it in the bloodstream ends it. Don't move, I said, inserting the needle. I don't want to hurt you.
1: Why is he telling the guy not to move? He, par- he paralyzed him. Because
0: the entire thing's written in villain monologue. That's gross. Yeah, and it's pretty terrible. So he goes back home and immediately opens the door. This is, like, the second paragraph. He doesn't have an alarm system. I considered my special... Okay, so I'll, I'll just start from the beginning. I've always considered my special trick to be enough to get me through any situation. Nobody knows where I live anyway. Cops poking blind? Not likely. Clients? All satisfied customers. Friends? None to speak of. Gross. I opened my door, and there she was, sitting on the couch, smoking a cigarette, blonde teenager, body posture relaxed and non-threatening. I laughed out loud. <laughs> Which, first of all, weird. Yeah. I thought about running, but all I had to do was get close enough to touch her, right? I took my coat off, hung it up, took off my gloves, stowed them away in the coat, all beneath her watchful eyes. Nothing has been said yet. No. Do you remember me talking about romance novels and they always ignore time? Yeah. This one ignores time more than anything else. People smoke entire packs of cigarettes in, like, three pages worth of text.
1: That's crazy. Also, like... Even if you are the like you you think you're the big bad villain type, that's how you fancy yourself. You're still probably gonna say something when you walk into your house that you believe to be impenetrable, and there's a teenager sitting on your couch smoking.
0: Yeah, she's a teenager who drinks and smokes and acts like an adult, and shows like she has a twin. Spoiler alert: she has a twin, and she and her twin both smoke, drink, and act like adults without any of the vulnerabilities of being teenagers
1: so what's the point so why make them a teenagers teenagers. yeah
0: anyway (sighs) um i'm trying to find the thing i want to find because it gets pretty terrible oh yeah a drop rolled down the curve of your cheek she's crying as she opened her mouth cassandra she told me my name is cassandra sweet cassandra great name Tell me, please, Cassandra. I need to know. What are we that we can't touch them? She wiped out her face with the back of her fingered hand and said, We're, capital D, Deprivers, Robert. They call us Deprivers. His inner monologue italics. Yes, that is the perfect name. Deprivers. That is exactly what we are. I asked her if she might not care for a glass of cognac. What? Who drinks cognac? I don't even know what that really is.
1: It's a brandy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but like, mm, yes, cognac. Like, who drinks bourbon, whiskey, vodka, gin, scotch, fine, cognac, what? Is that in a sifter? Is it on
1: rocks? Especially since you're supposedly trying to serve this to a teenager, which, like, even your most experienced teenage drinker is
0: not going to be drinking cognac. Well, she accepted I dosed her second glass with phenobarbital, and with twenty minutes, she was out on the couch. Our protagonist is date raping a teenager in his apartment.
1: Oh my god! Doesn't actually do
0: the second part, but I stood over her. What? Considering for Not, a few minutes. Nope, nope. What? No. If I touched her, what? Her touch would affect me also, but how? Certainly, I would be able to kill her, mm, uh, strangle her, or use any number uh, of weapons I own, but at what cost? Stalemate. Use a gun or a needle or a knife. There's a lot of things you don't have to touch her with. There's like extended worrisome parts that really don't need to be worrisome. I delicately removed her wallet from the back pocket of her jeans, careful of her bare midriff. You? I found a notepad and scrawled down useful looking bits of information. I slid her wallet back into her jeans. What woman carries a wallet in her jeans?
1: Yeah. There's not a lot of room in those pockets.
0: I slid and then tucked her in with my softest blanket. It took another shot to put me out. This man takes three shots of cognac.
1: To fall asleep?
0: To fall, like, and it puts him out. Immediately. Just like, one, two, three, out. No, like, one, we're talking, two, we're talking, you've fallen asleep because I date-raped you. Three now I finally get to like that's weird. I'm not I you know I'm not much of a liquor drinker but I have to imagine whatever. So anyway the the first half of this book is wrapped up in depriver still being secret. Okay. And so we get Robert Luxley for a while and he's being asked to join this crew to go save Cassandra's brother Nicholas.
1: Okay. And
0: then they bring him to the safe house. He somehow receives the information of this depriver like kingpin mob boss Doreau or some sort of thing I can't remember what the Devereaux Devereux, like the French thing oh I, I I, spun to the exactly right one Devereux, and he calls him and is like I've got the perfect opportunity for you it's such a great thing it's glowing blue cause once you're deprived you can see other deprivers cause they're glowing blue
1: Okay, cause the
0: plot demands it
1: uh huh. This seems like a really lazy plot device. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And so he calls the guy, right? And so the very next thing, uh, out of the the book, after we leave, the, like so, Devereaux is talking, or er, not Devereaux, Luxley is talking, and I this, I that, I the other thing. I'm doing this. I'm going here, Mister Devereaux. Would you be instructed? or interested chapter eight nicholas awoke on a cot in an unfamiliar room to find his hand encased in steel gloves and a red-haired girl staring at him through three-foot square glass portal we have started the first seven chapters with a first person narrative about robert Loxley. and then in chapter eight through probably around chapter 14 we move to a third person narrative about somebody we've only barely heard about for like six chapters if you're gonna write in first person fine i've done it and i appreciate when it's useful but do you know what first person is useful for following the same person throughout the whole book
1: well and if you're if you're going to to do the first person switch off you have to switch off more often than every eight chapters? Yeah,
0: or never do first-person switch-off. It's never a good idea.
1: Or, like, because you know especially what? don't switch from first to third-person. Like, if you're going to do the switch-off, it should really be third-to-third. Third.
0: Yes, almost. Yeah, totally and yep. amazingly 100% third-to-third. Third. Yeah. Because you know what? Every single character is called in first-person. I. I. And so the until someone else talks to your character, you have no idea Unless who you're you do reading the, about. Like,
1: chapter headings—they don't really lame and childish.
0: Wow, shade thrown at George R. R. Martin. Wow, but third to third, yeah, because then you're like Nicholas goes here, and then next chapter you're like Cromunculus Huxley goes there, and you're like, oh, I'm reading Cromunculus Huxley now. Mm. But when you go I to Nicholas, you're like, okay, is is Robert watching this? And no, it's just Nicholas. You know what's the worst part? Goes back to a first person's first. perspective. You know the worst, worst part? It's somebody other than Robert Huxley. It's another person. So we go person.
1: from first person A to third person B to first person C?
0: Yup.
1: Oh, that's in.
0: Tolerable. it is very intolerable because you hop back into eyes and you're like oh we're with robert you and then he sees not. robert again and you you have to stop and put the book down and be like who the hell am i living inside right now that's that not a good stinks. feeling to feel anyway so hopping back into the actual plot which sucks nicholas has been captured by this Devereaux, and Devereaux decides he's worth trusting because nicholas can blind people i believe permanently and he wants him on his team what's uh-huh. his team doing i don't know what's it for i don't know why does nicholas agree whatever he does claudette is boner material i guess for this dude which is the red haired girl uh-huh. we mentioned before claudette and cassandra you might realize as both being c names and multiple syllables very, very confusing. confusing one is his twin and the other is his love interest Ew. and also there's a very much implied and also i will give a credit like referenced uh, incest angle to Nicholas and his twin because they can touch each other cause since they're twins they won't deprive each other uh. yeah I know it's pretty gross but at least it was like pointed out I just love this so much it's so YA so section break From now on, you five will be collectively referred to as Delta Team, Devereaux announced as he paced back and forth. Mm -hmm. It's always Delta Team. It's always Delta Team. And
1: there's always five of them.
0: Yeah, it's Delta Team. Nicholas had been briefly introduced to the two new men and was, of course, already acquainted with Mitchell and Claudette. Removing the gauntlets, he had given the girl a good dose of her vitality. Anyway, whatever. So that's my quotes because that's the, the worst part. Uh, 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 of the of the reading it gets you just get used to its terribleness as you go um so the first half is dedicated to deprivers to being secret and their coming out party which should be very like oh no like they're becoming very public and everything like yeah. that yeah But there's a lot of stuff happening, and it turns out Nicholas's mission when he tried to escape and do something else was all a test, and he succeeded, and Devereux had played him from the start, and also Cassandra had been in on it. To what end and to why? We have no idea what he was supposed to do, whatever. There's just, like, Devereaux is always this, like, on top of it, he meant to do this the whole time, double-cross, blah, 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 type thing, and there's never an objective. It's like if someone was playing you in chess and and sacrificed all their pieces, and was like, "Ha ha! I've won. The game is now over." You're like, "Why? I'm not in checkmate." And you like, and well, I wanted to lose as fast as I could. Yeah. And so you're like, "Well, what's the point?"
1: One thing that I do find interesting the the quote on the front of the book.
0: The tagline.
1: Yeah. Well, no, not the tagline. Like the, the quote from oh. a different author that's oh, on the front sorry. of the book. Includes the phrase, it has a lot on its mind. And I feel like that sums it up pretty well. Like there's a lot happening that they're like trying to make happen. I don't know that that's necessarily a good thing. Um, it also says, though, the science is impressive, the fiction is haunting. Would you say those things are true?
0: The science is impressive. Impressively eye-rolling. Woo! Woo! High five. Because it tries to be like, your synapse is in your brain, and there's an electromagnetic signal, and it sits down in the chair of chemical reactions. And you're just like,
1: Nah, that's nah, not how that works, dog.
0: Nah, nah, nah. nah. Um, but the fiction, haunting, I am sure I will be haunted to the end of my days by this book. Probably. Uh, So that's the first half. And the second half, just part two, uh, after Deprivers come out. Deprivers, right? They're in Amsterdam for some reason. Amsterdam is like the depriver capital of the world. Whatever, fine. There's also a Native American guy named Sparrow. Guess if he does drugs and goes on vision quests. Uh, The second half of the book hops and I don't know how many years into the future where Deprivers have gone from being secret to public to discriminated against. Okay. So, 20, 30, who knows? Yeah, we don't know. Uh, And now we are in a third person, skipping from Sparrow, the Native American guy. Sparrow is his name. First person. Okay. Is the ends part one. Begins part two with Alex Crowley, third person, who breaks into a depriver club as a non-depriver dude and gets punched in the face and is fine with it and goes in and, and, and interrogates Cassandra the twin. I don't remember if it's Cassandra or the other one. And he's like, where's the man who killed my wife? And it turns out he was married to a depriver and she died in this riot and he wants to find the guy who killed her. Well, okay. in order to find the guy he killed her, he's chasing down and, oh my God, I forgot to tell you about this, the Ministry. <gasps> Capital the M.
1: Ministry. The Ministry,
0: an international non-governmental governmental department that...
1: It's amazing
0: because it's like Delta Team and the Ministry. Are you kidding me? Of course. Yes. And so he has to join the Ministry in order to help Deprivers when the Ministry hunts down Deprivers. Why? I don't know. Uh, And so we go from Alex Crowley doing these things and going these places and whatever. And we don't need to be told any of this. This book could have been 25 pages. And uh, then he gets – we hop into a first-person account of a different person turns out it's mitchell from the first book who is part of mitchell uh part of the delta team this and is a
1: intolerable
0: and a depriver criminal who is tr- who enjoys depriving normals capital n uh for shutting him away and he kills mitchell and doesn't feel any better surprise surprise so he continues working with the uh, uh ministry throughout the rest of the book and here's where it starts getting because it's like fuck all of this mm-hmm and then uh, by the end of the book, they found a guy who just can like cure it So they cure it. And I'm not kidding you, I was I was skimming, and I like noted. The, I went back after I realized this and noted the first person, like the first time they mentioned this guy. It's like twenty pages from the end. Twenty pages from the end, they find a guy named Willie, and if, if he's around deprivers, they stop being deprivers. Like their blue glow, blue go go blue glow, gooey gooey blue gooey, gooey goo, goes away. And they can now touch each other. And so, so immediately he takes them to a club and they start having an orgy. Nice. Nice. That's pretty funny. That is pretty great. Um what?
1: so I just would, would like to summarize real quick.
0: We Boo! spend, spend three hundred and fifty
1: pages yep. in two parts. Yep. With a lot of characters. Too many characters. Spanning thirty years of Ish, book time. Maybe, who knows? To completely negate all of the things that happened in the whole book. Yep. Alright.
0: Fantastic. I'm throwing it over my shoulder.
1: Alright. Um, I feel like we should start leaving post-it notes in all of our books. Like fuck this. Just don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do like an upside down Nike swish and it'll say no. impossible it'll say, is this book. Don't do it. <laughs> impossible is this. And then hopefully we can spread the gospel of bad books so that no oh, one else has to read them.
0: I wanted to burn that one.
1: Why I think we should have just eaten the money that we would have had to to deal with it and taken every copy of midnight sins out of circulation. No, I want
0: midnight sins to exist. I don't. I why? don't. Because it's like in like karate and martial arts you have to break that wall and it's a mind over matter thing. That's what midnight sins is to me. The princess got uh not bride di- diaries book that I had to read. I'm burping. The Princess right. Diaries book I had to read?
1: Yes. Um, that's worse than the Queen oops, of Babel. The
0: Queen of Babel. That's worse than blocks. That's worse than a wall. That's like spikes. That's a weapon. That's an offensive weapon. That was for pretty For offense.
1: Bad. You know what else was pretty bad? Seal Team 666.
0: If only it had been Seal Team 69. Sue.
1: Sue. I would, if you had presented me with a book that you had picked out called Seal Team 69, I would not have read it.
0: No, that'd be awesome. No, because that would have
1: guaranteed, it would have been guaranteed to be like gross sex bad, like Choosers of the Slain. That's true. And I would not have read it. This was bad enough. This did not have any gross sex stuff, but it had a lot of gross stuff. Um, It also had, surprise, surprise, so many guns. Guns? So much gun talk. Like, you know how that's kind of, like, that is, I think, the defining trope of military books. Is that they spend whole paragraphs describing guns in deep detail, and I don't know anything about guns at all. Are
0: you saying that you don't like books of this caliber?
1: <laughs> no, I actually don't. And not only is this a military book, it is a supernatural military book. So not only six, 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 like the devil. not only do they have big guns that they fight their enemies with, they also have water guns full of holy water. <laughs>
0: Is it like a 9mm holy gun with like a tactical light and a foregrip?
1: None of those mean anything to me. I just know that they threw holy water at them. I just
0: do. I, I want to make this really quick joke. That 9mm is not only the size of their pistols, but also the size of the average reader's penis.
1: Probably true. Nice. Another trope of cool. military books is all of the acronyms that are used oh, in them. Yeah. So I have a nice little list for us. Freedom of information. Act. The first chunk are like I don't know that they're actual real acronyms that the Navy uses, but like, all right, I'll buy it. Did like Did you
0: know that Navy is an acronym? No. Not always very yes men.
1: Oh, nice. That's a good job. Yeah. Um HK is a Heckler and Coke yes. gun. Yeah. M B I T R is a multi-band inter and intra team radio. S P. Was it M B
0: I I T R
1: No. M B I T R. Um, SPG Special Projects Group, DevGrew. That's from Mass Effect. DevGrew is the Naval Special Warfare Development Group. I've
0: heard that before.
1: Warcom, all in capital letters, <laughs> is the Naval Special Warfare um, Communication I want
0: all of our listeners to realize that Susan punched with every single one of those. NavSpecWarcom!
1: Warcom. Um, <laughs> like
0: 1, 2, 1, 2. Bow, 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 bow.
1: SSCI, also referred to as Sissy. Oh. Is the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence. Those were the ones that I was like, all right. That's probably real. And those those are are real.
0: real. I'm going to tell you those are real.
1: Then we get into some other ones, like DOR, Dropped on Request. M-O-A-B, Mother of All Bombs.
0: bombs. Yes. Well, uh, so we actually dropped that on Afghanistan Uh, recently.
1: Okay. That makes me sad, then. Never mind. Let's redact that. Um, NTR is Nothing to Report. LOS is Line of Sight. Yep. Uh, BGs, also spelled out like B-E-E-G-E-E. Is a great
0: disco band. Is bad guys. Nope.
1: (laughs) Not a thing. Um, FNG is effing new guy. Yep. SAP is the special access program. That's probably a real one. And Mm. then, uh, CQB is close quarters combat. combat. And NVG for night night vision vision goggles. goggles. Um, there was, there were also some that were used frequently, but were not defined b-u-d-s is some type of training yeah that's the seals training um basic
0: underwater development or something
1: yeah and like they used it in a way that i knew it was some sort of training i just didn't know what the letters were stood for um t-w-r t-w-r it has something to do with radar the r stands for radar um and then a-f-o-s-i i I don't know what that one was but i kept reading it as As a a song of ice and fire like the game of thrones series um so, yeah, that, those were some of the acronyms that were used very frequently. Here's the thing
0: like, see, so look at me in the eye. How much do I love military books? You don't. Why do I know all those acronyms? Because
1: you like military video games.
0: Hmm. Those don't come up in military video games. I just know them.
1: You just know a lot of weird things that you probably shouldn't really know.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like your social security number. You don't know my no, social security number. No, I wasn't number. talking to you. I was talking to the listener. Oh, I got you. I know your social security number, Craig.
1: Um there there's also <laughs> like Craig. there's also a weird thing where like the main character his name is jack walker <laughs> <laughs> his name's jack walker jack that's gonna become so
0: much better at the end of this podcast yep. when We find out what we're excited about yep
1: so jack walker was basically he was taken out of Navy it, is there a training. john shepard there is not a John Shepard. But Jack Walker was taken out of Navy SEAL training at the very end of training. Um, he
0: wasn't quite yet a bud. He,
1: correct. He was a bud light. Yeah, he was a bud light. <laughs> um, and they were like, okay, even though you haven't finished training, we're graduating you. You don't get to go through the ceremony. Here's your certificate. You're joining you don't get SEAL to walk. Team 666. And he immediately gets thrown into a mission. So it's like, hey, all of this supernatural stuff. No, all of this supernatural stuff exists. You're going to be on a SEAL team that fights it, and let's go. You're getting on a plane right now. Here's your gun. And so it all happened very fast. And Walker sees this this thing, and like sees being a SEAL in general. As and this is a direct quote. Being a real live action hero whose life was one long video game. And like I am I am confident that like the military tries really hard to like get that viewpoint out of you.
0: No, it tries to encourage it, so really? that you'll like shoot the gun a bunch, but real people don't feel I that like I just
1: feel like that's not a good thing. Um
0: Have you seen is... military recruiting?
1: No. Not really. It looks
0: exactly like Battlefield 3.
1: Fair. Okay. Um, he also, and I feel like this is a very common war book trope, but like he's the misunderstood genius. He just has this magical intuition and he's a perfect shot. And so sometimes he just knows the right thing to do, but he just gets so frustrated because no one gives him an opportunity to prove himself.
0: Damn it, Walker, you're a loose cannon.
1: That's, that is an exact line. from Really? Book. Yes.
0: Please, God, show me in the book where it
1: is. I will try to find it after we are done recording, but okay. that is a thing that happens. Um, unfortunately he just
0: (laughs) give me your gun
1: and rank he constantly f's things up because he doesn't listen to because he doesn't listen to directions because he thinks that he's this like a magical military genius and he doesn't need to listen to anybody and his whole team is like hey we're all gonna die if you don't get your ish together basically this book
0: sounds amazing right now It's like everybody who thinks they'd be good at the military finally put into the military.
1: Well, so another reason why Walker keeps screwing up is because um, being in close proximity to all of this supernatural stuff is hard on him because he was possessed as a child as punishment for something that his father did by a witch doctor.
0: Okay, well this book no longer sounds amazing. No. I would love to read a book about a guy who joins the military thinking he's great at the military told from the point of view of the guy who thinks he's great and then everyone else around him
1: keeps telling me sucks that would be pretty funny um this was not really that though oh so they wind up essentially they're they're fighting throughout the whole book the same demon it turns out that possessed walker when he was a child
0: weird who
1: is now um like he has a whole army and his army is creating skin suits that infuse the wearer with a bunch of magical powers and he's trying to take over the world, but his power comes from a thing called a focus, which is within a necklace that he's wearing. And so when they, like, get to the final boss battle at the end, (laughs) they have to, like, get the necklace off of him, and they get it off of him, and he dies, but then all of his subordinates keep putting the necklace on, and so they have to, like, keep killing everybody. And then they drop a bomb on the thing and then the necklace apparently is done
0: well never mind i was gonna ask is this a symbol is this symbolism for the war on terror that every single time we kill the guy with the necklace on someone else just puts the necklace on
1: you know that would be giving this book way too much credit i
0: suppose way
1: way way too much credit in the end we're actually not really sure if the demon has been destroyed or if the necklace has been destroyed that's why you
0: love is at the end of a book for nothing to be resolved
1: right that's why they call it
0: the resolution there
1: was one there was one absolutely phenomenal, perfect, lovely, wonderful thing about this book. The end. There's a dog. The dog. There's a dog. Oh, is he a good he, boy? He's she. She's very. She's, a, she's a very good girl. She's a good dog. Good girl. She's a good. She dog. have titanium fangs. Mm-hmm. She does not have titanium fangs. She's just a normal dog. She was like a fancy breed of dog, but she was described in a way that made her sound like a, a Saint Bernard. Um, but like. Big, Is it because
0: she's holy, because she's a Saint Bernard?
1: Probably, but like big fancy dog, she like can smell out the supernatural, and so they find her very useful on missions, but like, they just really, like all of these guys just really, really love this dog, oh, and she's nice. like a part of their team, and they take care yeah. of her, and like, she's, she's a K-10. Yeah, she's, she's one did a better good than a um and wow, there was i almost stopped reading because at one point you think the dog has died nope but the dog does not die oh, thank god the dog will live forever
0: i live i i held my breath
1: i know right you told me that. right yeah. she's a very good dog though and at the end they take her to the beach because she likes to splash in the ocean
0: to the beach beach she gets away mm-hmm. nice
1: so that was the one part that i liked about this book um i would have preferred that this book be entirely about the dog i would I would read a war book if it were about a dog.
0: There's a lot of those.
1: I would read those as long as the dog doesn't die.
0: Okay, there's slightly less of them, but they yeah. still there. Did you know they give the dog titanium teeth? What's that? So they can bite things, not break their teeth. Oh, that's nice. I think it's nice they might take the teeth out and then replace
1: them. Oh, that's not as nice.
0: I would like them to coat the teeth in titanium, yeah. but that might be painful as well. I'm, yeah, I'm I, don't want, sure. I
1: don't want painful things to happen. But at the, the
0: same time, Sue, it's a dog with a grill.
1: Isn't that, isn't and that, that's kind of cool?
0: cool. That's kind of cool.
1: I bet that dog feels like very fancy.
0: You want to see my what? <laughs> Do you remember that song? No. Oh, I said you grill, you 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 grill, you grill, you you, you grill. You don't remember that? No, I didn't like rap at the time, and I remember that. Maybe it was because I was the bright lights, big city of Cedar Rapids, Iowa.
1: Yeah. Anyway, so this book, like, it is a war book. It is written for a very specific audience. And for the most a part, like, audience. the the language that's being used when not describing guns in deep detail is, like, pretty simple and straightforward. There's no, like, fancy flowery whatever. It's, it's pretty Pussies. straightforward. Except for, um, on page 124, the first, the first... <laughs> sentence of a chapter is the peregrination back home had been one of tired solemnity
2: (laughs) just out of nowhere
0: (laughs) so there's a falcon that is so serious it's tired
1: that's not what peregrination means that's what peregrine means yeah
0: peregrine okay so an entire country surrounding a falcon fine a peregrine nation what the hell is peregrination? I'm a pretty the, educated the guy. The journey,
1: and... like the journey back home. The, the return trip back home.
0: Like the Iliad?
1: Yeah, that would be a peregrination.
0: I've never once in my life heard peregrination. And they threw
1: that in this book. And Did you was, have to look it, it up? Is the, no. It's you the, knew what that meant? Yes. It's the only, it's the only sentence in this whole book that's like that. It just, it was so out of place. It that was really bizarre. Yeah. I
0: maintain that the coolest word with the stupidest definition is penultimate.
1: Or defenestration.
0: No, that's the dumbest word with the coolest definition.
1: Okay, fair. Um, There's also like <laughs> no. some kind of, there's also some kind of annoying things like these guys, they're like, they're Navy SEALs, they're on this elite team, so they kind of just feel like they can do whatever. And so to blow off steam, they do things like, oh, I don't know, blow up boats in the middle of the ocean off of a crowded beach in the middle of the day.
0: Just their boats or a different boat?
1: No, I, it was not specified. They All just right. blew up some boats. And then on their way back, False they, flag. Just, they just yanked a cooler of beers from a group of fishermen. That happens Stole. to a lot of
0: Seals novels. Yeah, Seals, they steal man.
1: a lot of beer. Um, But... I don't, like, the... I am not even going to go... Turns out the beer's possessed. I'm not even going to go into the plot because I've told you enough of it anyway. like, Like, it was just sort of dumb and it doesn't really wind up getting resolved. It just winds up being, like, mission after mission after mission, one on top of each other. And you start to wonder, like, is that really how it goes? Would you really get back from one mission and you have six hours to sleep and rest and clean up and then you immediately have to go back out? Like, I hope not. Especially when you're, like, when you're stationed in San Francisco. It was probably San Diego. Um, Well, then this book
0: is true to life and I fully believe in the occult.
1: (sighs) Yes, it's all clearly true. SEAL Team 666. So. What happened
0: to the 665? Well, I think
1: they call it. 666 because six, six, it's the like the mark of the beast or whatever. Oh. Like that's the number.
0: Did you know that Seal Team 6 was named that before the rest of the Seals teams?
1: I did know that. Really? Yeah. Nice. Um, Wasn't it because they wanted other people to think that they Don't had multiple? about the other multiple, five? Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like it's that, the senior prank. Yeah. That's what I was going to pigs. say. It's
1: that classic senior prank with the pig. <laughs> <laughs> so there were a lot of bad things about this book. like. Um,
0: what was the worst? All of
1: it. The worst turns out mick yeah this book mm-hmm. is hello racist what? <laughs> is the demon a mexican or something oh uh, no chinese it is terrible it's, it's it racist me... against asians yes like was this book written in the
0: 1880s talking <laughs> yeah. about the celestials i or don't something? know
1: when it was written now i kind of want to look it had to have been after 9-11 2012 this was written five years ago it was so racist. So, like, our opening action scene takes place in a sweatshop in Chinatown. And, like, there's just a bunch of really gross and horrible stereotypes that are in it. Um, even is it written
0: phonetically with the stupid accent?
1: No. Thankfully, there's oh, okay. none of that. I, I'll give them props for not doing that. Um, but there's some other language that's a little questionable. Like, the way that we refer to certain groups of people... Um, and I'm not gonna say ones that I don't necessarily think would be like bleeped out if they were in the radio, but like also not words I'm gonna say on the podcast. Can I see them? Um, just like things that made me uncomfortable. Oh,
0: jeez. that's so much an old one,
1: right? And there are also a lot of jokes about um, men of a particular race having small wieners and just like I'm really, really stupid crap like that. That it was just like dog why 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 you gotta do this what why, why is this like, why are you through it like it, it almost it's seems added like an obstacle yeah like you had to work to add this in here yeah like it would have been easier for you to write this book and not include all of this
0: i i'm still just like the slur they use is so old It's real
1: old
0: It's so old, I just don't understand why.
1: Yeah, like, why is this the slur that you chose to use? It's not even
0: topical enough to be realistic. It's not topical enough to have, like, a, yeah, you tell them.
1: It was, there were certain points of this book where it almost felt like they were trying to be cringy on purpose.
0: Great, great great top ta- great choice
1: uh, pretty much yeah oh there was another line that i thought was very cringy but for different reasons there are like two female characters in the entire book one is the main character's love interest and then the other is a woman who is like an administrator for seal team 666 I she's buttoned up and this is the way that they describe her they tolerate her presence because although she was a woman who was stepping into a man's role, she was doing it with the utmost respect for their mission, tradition, and way of life. Right? Like things that are just like like this all of these things are so outdated that it's like, really? You put this in here? The seals came, came home so and took off cringy. their the
0: seals came home and took off their hats and hung them up. And kicked then, off their loafers and put on their cardigans,
1: and provided an allowance to their wives. Like
0: <laughs> packed their pipe and so, struck a match.
1: Like it's old school cringy. That's and
0: pretty old school. It
1: was just not. It was not great. That's not so, great at all. Not great. No, no, no. I'm not great. Um, but I did learn some new abbreviations, I suppose, and I Gotta think I got to a your new. Buds. I I got a new appreciation for books that aren't war books. So whatever we wind up reading next. I think I'll be okay as long as it's not another SEAL team book.
0: We know what we're reading next. Oh, we
1: do know what we're reading next. It's going to be lit.
0: It's going to be lit, and we have to make a phone call. And we are connected with Michelle, uh, Susan's sister. Say hi, Michelle.
2: Hello. Hello.
0: We are excited to be doing, starting next week, we are going to be in and out of this sort of behavior. I don't know how much we're going to be able to do it, but uh, we are going to start reading the Otherworld series, which you may recognize as uh, such titles famous for bonkersness as Crimson Veil and Shaded Vision, some of our uh, amazing favorites by our girl Yasmine Gallinorn.
1: I'm so excited. It's not even going to be Bibliovile anymore, it's just going to be the Otherworld fan cast.
0: Yeah, Biblio Smile, more like. Uh, and so we're going to be doing the Otherworld series. And the Otherworld series is built in a series of threes. Uh, it is built in a series of three uh, stories because there are three sisters.
1: Mm-hmm. The first... And so the books rotate through three different characters Delilah, Camille, and Manali. And so the first book is about Camille. And Nick, mm-hmm. you'll be witchling. reading that. I'll be Yes. Yes. And then Camille, Michelle, the
0: moon witch, sex person, mm-hmm. should be pretty fun.
2: And Michelle, do you want to tell us what you're going to be reading? So I'm going to be reading *Changeling*, which is about Delilah, who is a shapeshifter. Nice. I'm so she shifts
0: between a human and a werecat. I don't really know. What I that haven't is.
2: read anything, so I don't know what she does yet. So.
1: And then I am going to be reading. What is my book called again? Darkling. Darkling. Darkling, which is about Manali, who is the consort to a vampire lord, amongst other things.
0: Yeah, so she's a vampire. So it should be pretty good. And we are going to go one, two, three, one, two, three, like a waltz. Uh, occasionally, when we, especially when we need a break, semi-regular, we'll see how, how regular it ends up. Michelle is a, a busy lady that did not agree to sign up for a full podcast schedule. Uh, but it should be pretty fun and we're going to try to get Miss Galinor up on this train uh, a-rolling.
1: We do, Michelle and I both follow her on Twitter and she's amazing. She's
0: ama- The whole book series is great, but we are going to be doing the Other World series here pretty soon next week, so for the first time in a long time, you will be able to know what books we are reading as we go forward. So uh, we'll have our, our correspondent from the shifter version of Otherworld here uh, checking in. <laughs> Uh, But first, I promised, before we head on out, I promised you a very exciting development. And that very exciting development happened today while I was at work, supposed to be working. Uh, I invited my brother Matt, hello Matt, uh, to help us out with a special project. uh, And that was to create a generator for BiblioVile Books. Because as we talked about last episode especially, BiblioVile Books seem to be some sort of computer generation. Um, And so Matt worked hard to create the coding around it. Sue and I worked hard to fill in the little spots uh, to be filled in. And frankly, I absolutely love everything about it. If you want to create a BiblioVile plot of your own, we call it your next summer read. You can go to BiblioVile.glitch, G-L-I-T-C-H dot M-E, me. So, BiblioVile, glitch me for your next summer read. We've got three uh, very amazing genres for you as of yet. We'll, we're still improving it. Romance, sci-fi, and literary fiction. I really want this to get really big, so please share it with your friends because it's absolutely amazing. We'll put it in the, the episode description and the tweets and everything like that. But anyway, here are some examples. We've compiled some of the best, and we'll read some off loud. So, I'll start Uh Roman Titanium has a problem. Roman's previously comfortable life in Cedar Rapids as a simple, disgraced astronaut has come to a jarring fork in the road when God dies. With local hottie and totally hard-nosed Claire dropping in whenever they're not at their job of fashion designer and also model, it's almost too much for the shy, esoteric, dark, messy Roman. Coming this summer as Split Lost.
1: My next favorite... Archer's previously comfortable life in Paris as a simple diamond thief has come to a jarring fork in the road when aliens arrive, with local haughty and totally brooding Cooper dropping in whenever they're not at their job of diamond thief. This is my favorite, because it's a gay romance about two diamond thieves. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to read that book.
0: I would like to read that book, and I imagine it's called uh, Jewels in the Rough. Uh, Michelle, I understand you had a favorite as well. Uh, Yes, so um, Adam Brick has
2: a problem. Adam's previously comfortable life in Hawaii's least exotic Motel 6 (laughs) as a simple professional sailor has come to a jarring fork in the road when everyone's ghosts, I guess. (laughs) With local hottie and totally fly-by-night archer dropping in whenever they're not at their job of human toilet... It's almost too me- too much for the messy, shy, brooding, loud Adam. Oh my goodness. Did you guys fill this with Stefan quotes? <laughs> no.
0: <laughs> this is all me, Ian, oh, too, baby. Uh, So I'll skip down to mine. I have to skip over a couple, but I really wanted to read this one. It, we're, we're switching from romance because that's one of the genres. Uh, we're switching into literary fiction as in the fancy highbrow New York Times book critic stuff. In their hard-boiled new novel, author Archer Cherry tells the story of determined Roman Cord, a hockey player from an adrift freighter ship. Hands clap when an unknown child returns. The story builds until the brooding Nicky enters Roman's optimistic life by being pessimistic and utterly convinced in ghosts. In the new novel for a modern age, Cherry explores your mom through the symbolism of womanhood as CD players. read it this summer figures by archer cherry
1: um i also really enjoyed the sci-fi genre in a hidden world full of werecats jenna crowley is the best operating under the cover of brain surgeon out of a headquarters in venice Jenna balances the scales between were-vampires and were-birds. <laughs> the only thing that can mess it all up is when cocky Lucy walks through the door, unaware of the danger from knights. Even when everyone's ghosts, I guess, Jenna has a choice to make, Lucy or the job. Crack open Worldwide Theater by Walker Wood. <laughs> Hmm. Michelle, there was another one that shares a uh, that shares a character name with your new your new bestie from other world. Oh yeah,
2: yes. So in a hidden world full of blood rituals, Delilah <laughs> Titanium is the best, operating under the cover of a hockey player out of a headquarters in Hawaii's least exotic <laughs> motel six. <laughs>
0: a lot of stuff
1: happens there.
2: Delilah balances the scales between leprechauns <laughs> and aliens. The only thing that could mess it all up is when fucking intolerable Jenna walks through the door, unaware of the danger from androids. Even when something something Delilah has a choice to make jenna or the job (laughs) crack
1: open olympic empty now i love that one
0: so much oh my god uh and i I have to say some of the stuff you know it's a it's a random generator so take what you can get but some of the snippets are amazing in a hidden world full of werewolves chuck cherry is the best
1: Another one of my favorites was Rust Stamp has a long week ahead. Rust's previously comfortable life in an adrift freighter ship as a simple romance novelist has come to a jarring fork in the road when the book abruptly ends. (laughs) Oh, There's just so much and the character names are all great because they all sound like they could have happened in any of the books that we've read so far.
0: One character, one character gets described as huge, shy, shy, huge. Ford. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are such wonderful names as Cam Titanium, Sam Stamp, and Ash Lucy Luxley.
2: Just like, oh man! So There's good. also Chuck Saint Laurent.
0: <laughs> Ford Cord was one of my favorite ones. <laughs> Uh, We moved into the titles as well with Starving First, Worldwide Church, Hot
1: Danger, Dark Downtown, The Family Note,
2: Split Lost,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uptown Country, Country Dice. Oh, I I highly recommend this this random generator, everyone. Anyway, uh, click on through that. It is once again... BiblioVile.glitch.me G-L-I-T-C-H-M-E We're going to do a random round just to see uh, what we can get. I'll do literary fiction. Sue, if you want to do romance. And uh, Michelle, if you can do sci-fi, if you don't mind. So, in their blind new novel, author Chuck Stamp tells the story of dependable Robert Crowley, a boxing champion from a research station. Coffee brews as the High Council calls for a meeting. The story builds until the wild child Jenna enters Robert's homebody life by being studious and utterly convinced in giants. In a new novel for the modern age, Stamp explores the Twitter- explores Twitter through the symbolism of sand as passion. Read it this summer. First by Chuck Stamp.
1: Oliver's previously comfortable life in Nashville as a simple train engineer has come to a jarring fork in the road when the author ran out of ideas. <laughs> i'm just gonna stop there it's like the rest of it is also good but it's just not gonna get any better than that
0: i will say that the book is named intense cracked by an actually brick (laughs)
2: Uh, well i have i have susan's author's sibling malcolm okay (laughs) (laughs) um so, in a hidden world full of angels, Bruce Cordero is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Operating under the cover of a podcast engineer at headquarters in the house previously owned by President Andrew Garfield, Bruce balances the scales between half-birds and cameras that record your soul. The only thing that could mess it up is when ambitious Lauren walks through the door, unaware of the danger from a small rat named Tony. <laughs> even when an unknown child returns bruce has a choice to make lauren or the job crack open sharp starving by malcolm brick now (laughs) oh that's amazing
0: sharp starving coming this fall from penguin recording On the website now is a share on Twitter button. Make sure and share that. Hashtag it with BiblioVile or something like that. I don't really care. You're your own adult. But make sure that it tracks back to us if you share the the image of the generator. Because, frankly, they're amazing. Uh, Make sure BiblioVile gets the credit. I want this to go really big because i had a lot of fun with it and a lot of hard work went into making it uh anyway until next week that is going to do it for biblio that uh biblio vile is the name of our podcast that, mm-hmm. uh for this week and every week next week t- tune in for our first uh TriCast, our distance podcast learning opportunity uh from biblio vile industries uh my name has been and will be mick dickinson
2: i'm susan dickinson and I guess I'm Michelle Johnson. Yeah, Yay! you need to learn how to sign off.
0: It's exciting. <laughs> uh, so until next next week, thank you for listening. Subscribe. Oh, we need to do our like credits and stuff.
1: Oh yeah the the music to our podcast is "Babe of the Night" by the band Elixir off of their album Rampant. Um, the outro music is by Mick on GarageBand, and you can follow me on Twitter at SusanJ. That's S with three U's, S A N J. Michelle is I C. F-A-S-N-T-W which spells out I can't find a screen name that works and Mick is at D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A
0: so once again that'll do it for us Uh, please tune in uh, for future editions like retweet ever so often especially this generator thing I really love it I spent all of my day on it uh, and all of my day thinking about it but until then Michelle anything last to say?
2: Not really, just just way to go on the Twitter thing, Sue. I oh, think.
0: Yeah, that's hard to that's I hard to nail you. in one. Uh, <laughs> okay. But until then, have a good night, Matt.
1: Good night, Tim.